D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. What's good, Kickback family? Time be flying. And we already in May. Like, that's crazy. Four months out the window of 2022. If you're slipping or slacking on your goals, you still got about seven more to eight more to make it happen. May, see what I just did there? May, like the month. <laughs> May God's strength and will be with you as whatever goals you written down in January. And for those of you who didn't write down goals, that's okay too. Just don't be slipping. Don't be slacking because your boy is feeling great. And I would say I am at like an 87 today just because it's just been a lot. Like, I would say physically, definitely exhausted, but also been feeling really good. It's been a lot of traveling, been seeing a lot of familiar and old faces, being able to just get out and about and be around people that I rock with, people that I love. And then in the middle of all of that, I get to make sometimes trips to one haven to aggravate or annoy my lovely nieces and nephews and i know they just love it so so much so that's how i'm feeling um and i don't have a song for y'all today but i would say i do have a one-liner for everybody today and that one-liner is simply this you better do you because i'ma do me that's it that's all sabrina sharika how are y'all doing? What's y'all tip like? Talk to the people. Well, I wish I was on EB's level. At first, I was feeling already feeling the type of way. Then EB said, how's your goals going? And I said, now he's calling me out because my goals have been trash. Lately, I've been slipping. But guess what? I do feel like, you know what? I'm about to go on vacation. But when I come back, I'm coming back strong and I'm coming back ready. So... I'm, I'm going to try not to wild out too much on vacation so I can not really derail all my goals, but I, the goals are really going to be strong when I come back. You guys can hold me to it, but I'm doing all right. I'm doing a good, I don't know. I know last week was, I did not start out good. This week ain't much better. Listen, the people be stressing me. All right. I felt anxious and stressed that last right, the last day before your vacation, and you be like trying to do all the things and people don't want to act right. Like that's the mood I'm in. Uh, so I was giving myself a good 69, 60, 68. And um, I don't know what the song talks about, but all I was thinking was raindrops keep falling on my head. I'm like, y'all don't want me to be great. Why don't y'all want me to be great? I was trying to leave work early today because I had a list of things that I had to do and I was just like I'm gonna knock these things out early I'm gonna leave early today why the people that had held me up left before me I wasn't <laughs> I was so mad but y'all know every time I come to the podcast hanging with my favorite people getting to talk to you guys that always brings my mood up so even though the raindrops are fall, were falling on my head, I, I'm excited about our topic today and just excited to be with you guys. So I'm sure my mood will improve shortly. Sabrina, how are you? Uh, it's just a little too hot my way. Uh, I guess if I could put that in a degree, maybe like a Florida summer 98, where Ooh. it's just hot. And when you're when I get hot, I get like tired and zapped of energy and I'm just like it's just too hot you know I don't know how you guys is uh growing up situations were but like if it was really really hot my mom would leave the front door open and we'd make pallets like because my cousins would always come down this summer and spend time with us so we'd all just be in the living room on little pallets trying to get the catch the breeze from North Carolina night air and the windows would be open because the air condition definitely was not running. But yeah, it's just one of those things like just, yeah, that's my temperature. And if it's a song, I love the energy like Cray brought with Faken, especially that line in the song when he said, real recognize, real introduce yourself. Careful with that cannon boy, you might just shoot yourself. 
the and he doesn't say your he says yeah but you know I'm not cool enough to spit it like <laughs> he does but uh the energy that I had the people they know it's for and I'll just leave it at that real recognize real and if you step to me and it's not real you know be careful because you'll just shoot yourself in their foot so guys EB said it was May I feel like May June the summer months this is we're getting into wedding season. Now I wouldn't say wedding season is my favorite season, but I, you guys, I think I've said it on the podcast before. I love a good wedding, love, um, love a lot of things about weddings. And I thought, I don't think we've, we've shared little tips and or little tidbits about our weddings, but we haven't really talked to you guys about our weddings. So I thought it would be fun for us to share a little bit about our weddings. And so we're going to talk about that today. So it is wedding talk today. So um, I know a lot of people, weddings can be fun and exciting, um, especially the guests. But for you too, when you, I don't know how much planning or preparation either one of you guys did for your weddings. I don't know if you did the majority of the planning and prepping, but let's just start there. Did you plan it? And was it a, a very stressful time or was it easy breezy or pretty chill? Uh, for me, it was a breeze. Um, I think, and you can, for those of you who listen and you know my wife and you have conversations with her, um, she may or may not agree, but I would tell you that if she doesn't agree, then I'll say it on the record that she's lying. Um, and I would say I planned about three-fourths of my wedding. Uh, well, let me go take it back. I'll say two-thirds. I won't say three-fourths because that's 75%. But I'll say at least around 50 to 60%, 60 to 70 even, was definitely me. Um, mm. From the way, like, layouts and ideas and concepts and what we gonna do what we not gonna do um definitely was have i was heavily involved i don't know if there's a thing for a um groomzilla but um i felt that anything that my cash was going to i had a strong opinion and a voice um into that so yeah i i think the planning for me was fun it's some stuff i probably wouldn't do um some stuff i definitely would have considered or put more thought into but yeah, it, it wasn't stressful. Not for me, at least. Sabrina, what about you? It was definitely a team effort. I think Doug is more large scale details. Like he knew he wanted to have a big wedding. He knew where he wanted to have the wedding and those sort of things. Uh, and then I was more like, okay, if you're going to do that, then these certain things will happen. So yeah, we definitely did the planning for the most part together. And the only stressful part, like the first, let me think, if we got married in October, I graduated from grad school in June. So everything from when we got engaged, which we also got engaged in October, October to June was very stressful because I was in my last semester of grad school. So I was already stressed out because of grad school, not necessarily the wedding. It was just, I don't want to say poor timing because I was very excited uh, to be like, we were already committed to like, we knew we wanted to marry each other, but I was excited to be engaged, but I was also like, dang it. I wish if I could go back in time, I think I would have taken a break from grad school that January and just hop back on the next January because being in grad school and planning a wedding was stressful, not necessarily planning the wedding, if that makes sense. Yeah. For me, I would say, I feel like I plan most of my wedding I think my I planned it a lot with my mom but I think like I pretty I knew what I wanted like I was that girl that like you know had binders before I had a ring and I knew pretty much what I wanted my husband's very laid back if it, it was up to him we would have been at a courthouse a back well maybe not the courthouse but I think he definitely said like a backyard or someone's house he was like, we know enough pastors. We don't need to do all this. We just need to go somewhere where they're going to be and get the thing done. So, but I, ha and I had, I definitely knew what I wanted. So I did most of it, but I was not stressed. I was having a 
great time. I thought it was so much fun. And like I said, I had most of it in my mind pretty much before the time really ever came. And not because I was like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm desperate to be married. I just love planning anything. I love, I love to plan something. So it was just something I did for fun. So definitely um, I had a great time doing it and I did pretty much all the planning. That's what's up. Shout out to, I would say all of us within our planning, because I had a privilege to be at both of your weddings. And there were definitely some stuff that I would take um, from both places, or I would say both, both ceremonies. Um, Cause at least for you, Sharika, I didn't get a chance to chill for the reception because of other duties mm-hmm. and the funtivities that y'all had. But I would say if you out there, you listening, you thinking about a wedding, see, you can be somebody who start planning in advance with or without a ring and don't stress yourself out. Trust me. It's not worth it. Like, um, and just to, yeah, just don't stress yourself out. It's not worth it to stress yourself out. Another question is for you guys. And I know Sharika, you touched on it a little bit that you had moms help out a little bit. Um, but did you have family input, like whether family input on planning the wedding or family input of financial resources, Sabrina, either of you guys, you know, dive into that. How did family play a role in your big day? For me, like I said, my mom did help. My dad had his little input too. He be having, he had things that he wanted. For most part, it was me. My family did help out too. Um, like there was things like, okay, like one of the things that I was, I did not care about was transportation. I was just like, for me, I will get on the church bus. I don't care about transportation. There were things that were important to me and there were things that were not. Like I wanted real flowers for the bouquets, but the decoration flowers, I didn't care if they were real. Like there were things that I cared about and there were things I didn't care about. One of those things was transportation. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not paying to get a car, fancy car, this or that. Cause I just didn't care about that. But my dad was like, uh, you're not, you're not riding the church bus. I'm like, I'm not. He was like, no. So there was things like that. My dad was like, oh, we're, we're, we're taking care of that because you, you can't go in the church bus. I'm like, why not? It's a nice transit van. It looked very new. I thought this would be a great time. It's like a party bus. But like stuff like that, my dad had like input on. Like I was like, why do we care about the transportation? But he did. So he figured that out. Things like that I didn't care about. So those are like input. Oh, one thing is the other thing. So in my, um, and I think this is like, uh, I can talk a little bit more about it later, but like a song that um, my family, or I guess in the islands, they sing at weddings or something. And my dad was like, we have to sing this song. And I was like, but we, I don't want any congregational songs at my wedding. And he was like, but it's, you know, they sing this song. So I'm like, okay, well, if you, y'all want to sing the song, y'all can sing the song, but I don't want the congregation singing the song. So my family did a little, little choir, gospel choir, whatever, church choir, whatever it was. And they sang the song. So like things like that, I didn't really want but I don't I really wasn't like so I know I said I had everything in my mind but I wasn't so rigid that I was like no no input I was willing for the compromise but I was like you want to sing the song I don't want us to sing if you want to sing you can sing and they were happy to sing and I thought it came out really good so those are like some of the inputs that my family had in our wedding my family didn't really have much input uh it was really Doug and I for the most part I think I was able to bounce many ideas. I remember growing up, my mom was always complaining about how like the dads get to walk the bride down the aisle and the moms Mm -hmm. don't get a special part. And she was like, so I want to, because my mom teaches dance and she was like, I will teach a line dance or I want to present a poem. But when the details started going, she was like, I wouldn't do that for real. I was like, okay, so all these years you were just king mom you're just talking but she was not trying to present a poem or teach a line dance and the only other thing I can remember my mom just being like that I would consider input she was like make sure you don't only have white music and I was like really mom I have a whole gospel choir and she was just like yeah but I was like girl Ah, she probably said that in jest, but I just remember that. And me and my sister being like, she has a gospel choir. 
Uh, I think she just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because it was a biracial wedding, what made her say that little comment, but she definitely did. Sorry, mom. I'm putting your business out there. You know, you said it. Love you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for me, um, didn't necessarily have, well, I would say financially definitely had family input. Shout out to my mom-in-law. I would say most, or if not all of like the food was taken care of by my mother-in-law. She was just like, I got that. Don't even have that as an expense. And she chimed in on some stuff of in regards to the food of how, what type of food we should have and how it should look and all of those things. Um, and she was part of her. And my dad was part of the taste testing of one of the restaurants that we used or the restaurant that we used, which was different. But part of me didn't want to do all that because I'm like, we eat at this food like once a week, dude. It's like, we don't have to taste test it. Like, we know what it tastes like. We always hear. But since they were financially backing it they was like yeah we don't trust y'all taste buds and we want to taste it for they didn't say that but that was Mm -hmm. it was like implied it was just like let us make sure that this is good enough for the sake of all people who is i I guess you could say coming through and then on my side of the family it was a couple people who tried like family input of saying you know why this family member wasn't a groomsman or a bridesmaid or why did I choose this particular niece as one of my bridesmaids? And why none of the nephews got selected? You know, why this nephew got selected as a ring bearer? How about the other nephew? And I was like, I don't care about none of that stuff. Like, it's too many of them. It's like 31 of them. So everybody can't be involved, even if I wanted it to. And I made an intentional decision, no matter how close I am, because I am closer to one or two of my sisters and one or two of my brothers and the rest of them. But I was like, I'm not using any siblings because I know the chaos that mm. it could cause and for the sake of peace on that day, I was like, let's just not use anybody. And let me just hear about it later in a family group chat. But I know my family enough what they, they don't care. It's in private or in public. They gonna act how they act. So I was just like, my wedding won't be one of those places. Just, I won't give them the option. I guess I'll say. That's interesting. I do remember one of my aunts was like, Oh, you're not going to have any of your cousins. And I was like, not, I love all my cousins, but like, I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of boys my age. Like there's a lot of boys above me and a lot of boys below me. And the girls that are above me are kind of a little bit above me or a little like a good ways above or good ways below. Not crazy. And so, I mean, I'm close to them, but not like, they're not like my best friends or anything like that. So I was just like, I didn't have, didn't even cross my mind to have them and not, not know nothing against them. I just like, it didn't even cross my mind, but I guess people expect that oh you're supposed to have like at least a family member representative or something I don't know but I was just like oh hadn't thought about it oh and my parents did do my reception they did cover my reception AB thank you for reminding me because I did feel I was thinking about my side of the family but my husband's side of the family they did cover their rehearsal dinner which was really nice and I didn't tell her what to do with it but golly she went all out and it was amazing and they covered an after party because I am not personally a drinker but my husband does drink socially as does his family and they wanted alcohol and I said well Doug if you want that I we we as a couple are not paying for that so (laughs) I don't know where it's going to come from but I won't be purchasing alcohol for anybody so they had it and it was just lovely and fun times. And I will say it was really his family that showed me like, oh, you know, not everybody who drinks are like junk and slobs and it gets out of control. I just mm. coming from a family with a background that has substance abuse and no shade of my sorority sisters. Love you guys, but y'all know y'all be wild. So like they can have a little drink with meals or whatever or a couple of beers and it's just even kill. So yeah, the, uh, they did come through and my mom did buy the fog for the wedding reception. <laughs> like, oh, I wouldn't mind some fog, mom, but it's out of our budget and we're done. We're done with, we're not doing any more add-ons. And she was like, baby girl, if you want fog, me and your dad will get you some fog. So they did provide the fog moment. I love uh, the fog moment. That <laughs> I just forgot about the fog moment until you said that. I'm like, oh yeah, there was fog. Oh my gosh. I know it's kind of those little things you forget and forgive me well none of my family or friends really listen to this like that um but if you if, if there was something I forgot forgive me family I will say when it comes to family traditions or cultural traditions I don't really know that there are any that actually transpired 
in my wedding. I know my mom saved her wedding dress from when she got married and my baby brother, Mitchell, shout out to him. He's a great seamstress and he made like a garter belt for the garter toss out of material from my mom's wedding dress as a part of my something old. But on the way to the wedding, for one, my parents missed their flight and there was just chaos and they forgot to bring it. So (laughs) that would have been just a something, a part of the something old, I guess. There weren't necessarily family traditions, but there were certainly just cultural traditions like something old, something new, something borrowed, Mm. something blue that I definitely, I don't even know why I felt strongly about, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do this. This is, this is just what we do. And this is what I will do. Uh, But what about you guys? Any family or cultural traditions? Yeah. So Haitian culture is totally different. And I say totally different. It's slightly, I don't know how to do it. It's different from a lot of other cultures, right? So like for a, a normal Haitian wedding, there is no wedding invitations. So we went totally opposite of a lot of things that the Haitian tradition would do. Um, and we'll probably get to that in one of the future questions. But like when I was sending invitations to people, they were like, why did you send me this? Like, I knew you was getting married. You didn't have to send me this. I'm like, yes, I did. Cause I need to make sure you're going to be there. Cause we're not paying for whoever. And then there was certain families who felt some type of way that other relatives weren't invited. And I'm like, I don't talk to them. Like you're just not coming just to show up um, or Usually it's the groom side of the family. I think in America or Western culture, a lot of Western cultures, it's the bride's family that take care of, or even Eastern cultures, because some other countries do it. A lot of cultures, it's the bride's family that take care of a wedding. But in a Haitian culture, no, it's the groom. Like you paying to take my daughter, you handle all of that. Um, Haitian weddings usually have a choreographed procession for the ladies and for the guys sometimes, like a two-step, a three-step go up three steps, come back to, and it'd be like a five to seven minute walk. Like if you want to, you can Google this, you can YouTube it, just say Haitian wedding processional. You'll see like a, a three steps forward, two step back, a step to the right, step to the left, a step to the back. Like a I nice, little, nice little cha-cha slide type vibe <laughs> to, to the aisle. And you're like, why are we doing this? And so it was a lot of stuff that we just said we weren't going to do. We weren't going to have a three, four hour wedding like a lot of Haitian weddings are. We weren't going to have where the bride and the groom sits down for part of it and their, I guess, matron of honor and their bride, their best man stands up next to them in support or solidarity of their wedding. Um, But we was just like, we don't really have many cultural, we have a lot of cultural traditions, but we weren't going to stick to that. And as far as family, being the last of 13, um, I'm only the second of 13 to have a formal wedding ceremony. So there were like, and I'm the last of 13. So it wasn't really much to look at to say, what did my older brothers, older sisters do? So I kind of dodged a lot of the stuff. How about mm. you, Sharika? What y'all had going on? Well, first I got to say my mother-in-law did cover the wedding reception because I don't want to be tried later. I'm sorry, Ma- mom, Gregory. I, you sure did. And it was a lovely, lovely meal at the Magianos, which was my choice. So thank you. What I like the traditions I did was like I said that song that wedding traditional wedding song I guess would be saying. So my family saying that. Um, other than that, I don't think. I mean, I know in some African American cultures they do, or African cultures maybe it came from there. I don't know where they do the jumping of the broom. We didn't jump no broom. We did have uh, some island food, which we'll get into later. Um, let me stop lying. Did we have island food? Okay, listen, y'all, we didn't. That was in my dreams. We sure definitely did not have any island food. So guess what, y'all? I don't I think that's the only thing we had cultural was that song from my family. Dang, I feel like I just got married, but obviously in my mind, it was a long time ago. Aunt, uh, another thing about the wedding was the guest list. How many people did you invite or and how many people actually attended? Did you, you know... I know Sabrina said Doug wanted a big wedding. So did y'all have big weddings, small weddings? Like, what was it? EB, what about, what was your wedding like? I know we were there, but people weren't. So let them know. My wedding had too many people. (laughs) Too many, too many, too many. many. I like, so I think on paper, I think we like invitations and plus ones and kids and all of that. It was probably around 320 or so, maybe 340. Um, we we're expecting 300. That's what we kind of like tried to set up for and all that good stuff. But it was probably a good more than that in attendance because it was a good 20 to 30 people who I know did not have an invitation who was definitely there. 
Wow. Um, and I know that for a fact because about 10 to 15 of them were relatives, like blood mm-hmm. relatives. It was like, y'all didn't get invited. How y'all got here? Like, who told y'all it was even here? So that means somebody else, like lovely family members who just be sharing moments. Um, and I think uh, and then it was other people from my church, and I say church as a whole, like the organization. And it was some of our lovely, what I would consider young professionals who just showed up because they knew where the venue was and they're familiar with it. And they worked there during the summer and they just showed up. And I'm just like, you didn't get invited. Why are you here? But I still love y'all. I ain't gonna call Did they bring a gift? Did they give a gift, DB? I don't even remember. Um, I know the young professionals probably did. And some of my cousins, Dang. I know some of them handed me money right then and there. Like where it's like, as we're walking through saying, hey, and bye, and what's up, la, la, la. Like getting the fake, and I say fake handshake. You getting a handshake with money in your hand. And I'm just stuffing it in my pocket. So I don't know. I don't know if cousin A, who got invited, gave me the $20 or the $5 that was in my pocket. It was just me stuffing money in my pocket. Like one of my cousins in the middle of it, he was literally, and you guys Judith, because I just handed the money to Judith. He was like, he said, cuz I ain't, I ain't get no gift. Like I literally, he was like, I seen the SHIT on your registry, but I ain't feel like putting my my bank information, my debit card information online. I don't trust that type of stuff. He go $200, like right there on the spot. And then he taps his other brother and say, I know you ain't get them nothing. Get that man some money. He needs some money for his wedding. And then he gave me, the older brother gave me 500. So I got like 700 just from those two cousins alone which was great, um, but they were invited. That's actually, I would say some of my favorite cousins. Shout out to Head and Shake. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of people who were invited um, and then a lot of people who weren't invited who showed up. I say that Doug wanted a big wedding that I think his guest list, it wasn't so much that he wanted a big wedding. He just wanted a wedding. And mm-hmm. I think a wedding was something as a kid, yeah, I would talk about with my sisters and blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't something I ever seriously even thought would be a part of my journey. I just saw myself as like this single powerhouse, you know, I'm going to take on the world and travel and adopt a kid when I'm like 40, but a man was not a part of the equation. Uh, And then when I actually met someone and fell in love, I just felt like I don't want it. And a wedding is definitely not a show, or maybe it is. It depends on how you look at it. But I, because so much of my life was in a sense, um, on a platform, that was something that was not on a, like, it wasn't a show for me. It's real for me. I'm not putting on, I, you know, people think I'm extroverted, but I'm introverted. And this is somebody who really knows me. And I felt like if I had a ceremony, it was going to be like, I'd go into that work mode and I didn't, it wasn't work for me. Like, this is real. This is our love. But my husband's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. F all that. We're going to have a wedding. So <laughs> he just wanted, and I asked him why. And he was like, I want the world to see me marrying you. And I was like, okay, well, we'll do it. Aww. So it wasn't even that he wanted numbers and all that. He just wanted a wedding. He wanted it in a barn until it was $4,000. And he was like, yeah, we can just do it at our church. And I was like, that's right, babe. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, his list had 76 and then my mine had like 185, but kind of similar to reasons of EB. I just had so many people who were a huge impact on my life. And I was like, I can't, if I have a wedding, which is another reason I didn't want to have one, I was like, I can't not have the sorority sisters or these certain pastors who have meant the world to me. And, you know, I just have a big circle of actually people that are close and then people that I felt like I can't even the people at that time in my department, there were probably four people in my department that I felt close to and would really want them there. But then it was just awkward for me not to invite the rest of them. So then the rest of them came along. Um, so that's how that played out. I don't know how many people ended up attending, but like EB, because we had it at a venue that wasn't like as controlled as some, probably that $4,000 barn would have been. There are certainly people at our wedding who just came because they thought it was maybe another church service. I don't know. But a lot of people that showed up that were not on the <laughs> invitation list. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people end up coming. Yeah, I don't know how many people ended up coming to our wedding either. We, I think our reception venue, I think it was capped at 200. So we probably invited more than 200 because we knew like some people from like, I invited family members that I knew weren't going to come. Like they're not coming all the way from wherever they were, but you know, out of courtesy, you know, sent them an invite. So I did send people, you know, invites that I didn't think were going to come. So it was over 200 that we invited, but I think our venue said, our reception venue said we had to um, have two, it couldn't be more than 200. And I think it was very close to 200. 
And we too had people that we did not invite show up, like, you know, people, you know, that, you know, they know you have an event at the church. And so they think, oh, well, that means it's open to anybody. Yeah. But we, one thing that we did do was we, which I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but one of the things we did do to kind of eliminate certain things was we had our reception at a different venue. So even though people might've came to the church uh, wedding service, which I didn't really care that much. I really cared more about the reception. It was at a different venue and and we, and low key, we invited people to the wedding and uh, the little, uh, well, it wasn't a cocktail hour, but receptional, we said reception, which was downstairs. They could come to that, but we did a formal dinner, quote unquote, at another location. And we sent different invitations for people to go to that. So that kind of, to kind of reduce the amount. Cause like, I, I didn't care if my mom invited her little coworkers and stuff, they could come to the ceremony and they can go to a little reception downstairs, but the actual like dinner and all that, uh, was, that was at another location. I was more mindful of like who came to that. So that's kind of what we did. So I'm guessing, I know I had kind of already answered it for myself as far as like plus ones and kids. And my answer was a yes to that. But for Sharika, did you did you allow people to invite plus ones or to have plus ones at their wedding and invite their kids? Uh, what I said, what, what I did was I had, I think on my, my invitation, it said, we have reserved blank seats for you or your party or whatever. And I literally hand wrote, if it was, if I only knew you, it was a one for you. Or like, if it was like a couple, like someone that's married and maybe I knew one, I probably put two for the couple. But like, if I, if you're single and I, and you're, I did not put a plus one. And I literally had to tell people only family kids and not because even my bridal party could not bring their kids. And, and I love, people and their kids but I only had 200 and I have a huge family like my mom has 11 siblings and they you know and all their kids and all it's a lot of people and not not that all of them came but I just have a big family my dad has six siblings no five siblings so I just had a big family a lot of friends and I just was like I can't have kids not that I don't love kids but like one of my one of my um groomsmen he had like at that time probably like eight kids like that's eight seats I can't give up you know and love my people love your kids but I just had to be like family kids only so I did not invite kids unless it was like a family member's kids and somebody did bring their kids that I don't even can't even think of who they were but there were kids not a lot but there were some kids there that shouldn't have been there because I don't really even know them like that but yeah I was like no kids sorry and um and no plus ones if I didn't know you how about you, Sabrina? How you handled it? We didn't like differentiate like, oh, you can't bring kids or plus ones. We just put people on the list like we knew them all. So we accounted for those numbers and in the RSVP, it all worked out. We did, though, for that after party, similar to Sharika, sent out a, like a family and close friends invitation. So you either got the regular invitation or like the special one with the extra invitation to the after party. Um, but I'm trying to think if anyone had a crazy amount of plus ones. No, it was literally just the people, <laughs> the wild people that we all had who showed up with no invitation. Like I would never do that, but it happened to all three of us. So I guess it's a thing. Um, <laughs> just, just so funny. And I really didn't mind kids as somebody who used to work with kids a lot. I love the kids. I had some kids in my wedding. I don't know. I didn't mind the kids. I didn't mind the kids at all. It's great. I had kids in my wedding. I did have kids in my wedding, but and this and the trash part about it too is like the one I said, the groomsman that had eight kids or whatever, his daughter was our flower girl, but all the rest of the siblings did not come. But I mean they get it. Uh yeah. that being said, we're talking about how many came. And I think maybe for Evie and I, the answer is both too many. <laughs> uh how many were in you guys' wedding? party let's go Evie Sharika and then I'll share yeah so for me I had a small army and I know some people count like even the little ones the ring bear the flower girl all of that in the wedding party but I'm like gonna get into all those little nitty-gritty details but as far as like um groomsmen and bridesmaid it was 10 apiece so my wife 
had 10 bridesmaids um, and in that 10, I guess you could say eight bridesmaids and then a maid of honor and a matron, matron of honor. So it was 10 of 10 ladies or women with her. And then I had a best man and nine groomsmen. So it was 10 um, with me. So it was slightly a little larger than I would like it to be. But I guess what I always tell people, the good thing for me is I'm still solid with my 10 um, and we still rock. And it wasn't just people who were just standing up there for a nice photo of a large gathering of melanated individuals, but it's people who are either blood relation or people who I've grown up with or people who I literally talk to, whether it be a phone call or a text message, just about every single day. I had, we had six each, so total of 12. And then we had Alan's uh, nephew, or which is our nephew now, as our ring bearer. And we had um, one of our friend's daughters as our flower girl. So 12, 12 adults and two kids. Uh, we also had six and six. And for me, I don't know for Doug how he chose, but he had like my family, his family. I know he told me two of my best guy friends could not be in the way on my side. So I was like, dang, babe. He was like, no, nah. but I gave them a special part anyway. They like took the runner down. And these are guys that I've known for, well, AJ was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick, who's also been a guest on the pod. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to have them on my side. And he was, my husband, like more traditional. He was just like, nah. <laughs> so, uh, but as far as the girls, like I definitely, I have friends and people who've been in my life a long time and I still rock with, but I wanted people who knew both of us as a couple mm. and who loved my man, you know? And so I've had, I've been in so many weddings and I don't think Oh, the only person in my wedding party whose wedding I was in, there are two, Sharika and Ashley, because I danced in Sharika's wedding and I was a bridesmaid, bridesmaid for my friend Ashley. But the other weddings I've been into, I just didn't feel like, oh, I've been in your wedding, so now you need to be in mine. It's like, mm-hmm. if you know and love and respect my husband, then that's the kind of energy I need on this day. And when I think about my old roommates, Tanya and Tracy, like, they saw our whole journey and were always kind to him, Sharika and Alan. And that was just really important to me on that day. And then the siblings just got passed, but <laughs> we had a flower girl, but her parents got the time wrong. Even though she got ready with us that morning, they went back to her hotel room to take a nap. And so they thought the wedding started at three. It did not. So my friend Ashley's husband, literally at the last minute, they're like, hey, Jason's here. He can do it. And I, once again, did not care that much about the ceremony. And for those of you who are listening, who are at my wedding, you're like, oh my gosh, you totally care. Care. There's this and that happening. That's just by nature of who I am. I, I was, I'm a creative person and those were elements. But like, I felt like whether I have a flower girl or a flower grown man, I'm still getting married <laughs> to someone that I love. You know, a flower grown man. I love it. And that's what it was. Like that, that kind of stuff didn't throw me off kilter. One of my dancers, who's a former student who has become a friend in his adulthood, like he got stuck in the rafters. I think it's hilarious. I don't care because it doesn't impact the the commitment that I've made Mm. and the love that I made and I have with Doug. So long answer. Can I attest to that? Sabrina was when that when the flower girl was not there, she was had zero bothered zero bothered I was just like wow like I couldn't believe it I'm thinking why are we even having this wedding Doug we could have saved all this money baby we could have spent a fifth of what we spent on our wedding on a big party a big party and it would have been great and memorable and all that and had a great honeymoon and just for me like like I said, so much of my life was public and everybody felt like they had a piece of the pie of my life. And I was like, no, this is mine. Like this is mm. Doug's business, but it's fine. We had a wedding and guess what? Doug and I are still great. We'll be married forever. It's awesome. But that's why nothing on that wedding day, like the caterers messed up. Doug and I barely got any food. When people were giving toast, we didn't even have drink in our drinks. So <laughs> there was an empty plate and an empty cup. But it's all good, you know? So, yeah, I had that. And then we had his cousin who was the ring bearer. He was so cute, Channing. And I met his cousin a couple of times throughout our dating. And 
I just always thought he was cute. And his cousin has four brothers. They weren't there, but Channing was there and Channing did great. And I chose Channing because from our first meeting up until the wedding, he was just always the sweetest one would come up and talk to me. And he was just like, like not even five at the time. So Mm. yeah, that's, that's our wedding party. Was there anything significant about either of your wedding venues? Yeah. So for me, um, the thing that was most significant, I guess, about the wedding venue, the first place me and my wife met in person. Um, Mm. And I say in person, or I would say even met because um, online, um, we didn't necessarily meet online, which is definitely nothing wrong with that. It's just, I saw her and actually my best man and one of my other groomsmen and one of her friends at the time, they posted a picture. This just gives a little date, but they posted a picture on MySpace. Um, they were all at a, an event in our church or our organization that we call youth councils. Um, but I missed it that weekend because of a funeral and I couldn't get there and back because of a funeral of a high school classmate. Um, at the time or whatnot. So when they got back from that weekend, I was just like, oh, snap, who is that person? As I'm talking to my best man and my best friend. Now, granted, that was before he was my best man, but he was always my best friend. I won't say always. He was my best friend at the time. Um, I just said, who is that that you took a picture with? It was like, oh, just the literally his words was um, a red bone Haitian girl from Fort Myers. And I was like, oh, snap, she Haitian too? Yeah, I'm gonna need that. Um, and then that's where my mind went just like, I have to do everything I can to pursue her. But the first time we met was June 15, 2009 at our same wedding venue. And then 10 years later, we got married there. Oh, I wish we had such a significant uh, wedding venue connection. The wedding venue was not really, it was just about the location and it was, it was about the price too. My husband and I live in Florida, but most of our families in the Virginia, Maryland area or close to that. And so we don't really have a lot of close family members here. So I was just like, I don't want to get married in Florida because that's just a long way for most people to come. I'd rather go where most people are and then just have um, do that. So we got married in Virginia um, at the church where my parents uh, go. and. The price was right. And so uh, we were there. And then I just found a little reception place, a hotel nearby. And that's how we chose ours. So there really wasn't any like emotional or significant connection. It was just the right place at the right time with the right price. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I never thought I would end up in Florida, let alone find a husband in Florida. So I remember when I visited Florida, maybe it was a year or two years before that, one of my first visits outside of like going to Disney with my marching band in high school, I went to the the church where we got married. And I remember thinking, I've been to a lot of churches within this den- denomination or organization. And this one was one of the most beautiful I'd ever seen, the Tampa one. And I was like, I can't believe they get to go to church here. There's this beautiful stained glass and it's open and it's just the great colors, some of my favorite colors. And I thought, wow, this is a really beautiful church. Never thought I'd end up going there. So when I moved to Florida years later and ended up going there, I always just was like, Sabrina, never forget how you felt when you first came to this church, um, because you've always thought it was just gorgeous. Then flash forward, it was very important for me that I, if I did ever link up with a man for the rest of my life, he was somebody who in front of doors and behind closed doors, loved the Lord and would constantly pursue an authentic relationship with the Lord, not just in word, but like in action. And so when I met Doug, I was like, listen, honestly, I'll be at work and I'll be at church. So if you want to hang out with me, you can hang out with me there. And I never thought in a million years he'd show up. And the first time I've ever preached, like from a pulpit, it was at this church. And that was my husband's first time going to church in seven years. And I remember just thinking, oh no, what is that guy from Tinder? Because I didn't tell him I was preaching or anything. I was like, this is a church I go to. I'll see you there. Ha ha. I did not think he would come. But you guys, he was there. And I was like, oh my gosh. So there's like the significance of that. And then just watching his relationship with the Lord grow. And for those of us who grow up in the church, it's really easy to kind of take for granted, like, our language and just pursuing a relationship when you don't have that or don't have people in your inner circle who are encouraging that or like make it seem normal. It's a really brave thing to do when you Mm -hmm. think about it. And 
there are times that I wasn't even trying, I was like trying to distance myself from him or I travel a lot at the time for work. And my friends would be like, oh, that guy from Tinder is still there. He's still here. Oh, he was in Sunday school. So a lot of like the reason why we're at where we're at today is because of the community in that space. So in my mind, if we were going to have a wedding, it was always going to be there. Personally, my husband, he doesn't think the carpet is all that. So he was not, <laughs> it was a freeness that sold, that sold him on us having it there. But he doesn't have that same like, but he grew up Catholic and Catholics, they have beautiful church spaces anyway. But I think my church space is gorgeous. And I love, I love thinking about the most important thing in our marriage, which is God and just having it there where we both agree that God would be the center of our relationship. For me, I also wanted to add, I wanted a place with a center aisle. I don't like when I go to weddings and people don't, and they don't have a center aisle. I hate seeing people come from the side. I know that's really petty and it don't make no sense, but yeah, I love a center aisle. I know we mentioned it a little bit before. So what, uh, EB, what kind of food did you serve or what was on the menu at your wedding? Yeah. So for me, it was pretty basic. And I say basic as in for Haitians or for really for any island folks, really. It was rice and it was beans and it was meat. Okay. Um, but now nah, it was mushroom rice. And I think it had some rice. I think it had some regular rice and beans and it had oxtails and it had chicken. Um, I think for social hour, they had like fried pork chunks, which we call griot. Um, I think it had salad. I don't know. I don't eat salad, but I think y'all had that. Those that were there. Um had cake from Publix that you couldn't tell that it was from Publix because people was like, oh, that cake looks so nice. Yeah, it was from Publix, the lovely grocery store here in Florida or in the South. And their cakes are good. It is. Uh, but that was really, I don't remember much. And I, I just remember because people still to this day talk about the oxtail. Um, it they had cool. lemonade that had flies in it from what I was told. <laughs> what? I, I, I didn't see it, but I was told. That, I didn't I see told. it either. I don't recall that at all. People was like, that was, some people say that was some of the best lemonade they ever had. And then other people say, yeah, we had to dump out some of the lemonade because it had flies in it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but hey, I don't remember that people part. drank it and people don't, rec- hey, that's what happens. When, I guess when you're in the back, you wasn't in the back. You'll sit at your table enjoying it, having a good time. You, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here doing well, so I guess it didn't matter anyway. What did y'all have? What, what like what do you what did you have at church? <laughs> like the little reception that I said we had downstairs of the church right after. I think there was shrimp. There was I don't even know because I barely got any food um, down there because we were taking pictures. But it was heavy hors d'oeuvres. I don't remember what all they were, but I know there was like a fruit tray. I do think there was shrimp. And whatever else, I don't recall. So, because I barely got any food, like I said. So, at the wedding uh, dinner, formal dinner that we had at the hotel, what I remember wanting was like um, like chicken stuffed with spinach and cheese, uh, macaroni, I think. I don't know, rice and, rice and peas, <laughs> um, maybe planting. This is terrible. I have, I cannot recall what we had. That is so bad. Especially when I said, oh, I did all this planning and I knew all I, what I wanted and this and that. And now when you asking me over almost five and a half years later, I'm like, I don't even know what we ate as, as much as I was so excited to do all that planning. It was, the food was good. We had a family friend who is a chef. And I, the reason why I had said earlier I had island food is because he is from Antigua, where my family's from, and we've had so much of his island food, but I don't think I asked for island food at that wedding. I was just thinking about him and how much times I have had island food from him. That's why I said that, but he is a great chef. He was actually on, um, after our wedding though, he was on the, um, what was the little, the, the bacon challenge on whatever, on the Food Network. He was on one season of that after our wedding. But so shout out to Chef Ian. He didn't win, but he came very far and we were rooting him along the way. But anyway, so he did our food. He's done a lot of our family events, but the food was great. But I don't really remember exactly what all was at the wedding. I am looking at my invoice because I'm type A like that and I save everything. So we had a veggie pal platter, some saucy Asian meatballs, mini chicken and waffles, shrimp and 
John cheese and grit shooters, stuffed mushrooms, mini empanadas, mini baked potatoes, pineapple sweet tea. And that's the thing that got me bent because Doug and I mm. were so excited about that and we didn't get any. Somehow I'm looking at all this. It's like 168 of this, 168 of this, 168, 240 of the mini empanadas, 168 of the mini baked potatoes. How did we run out of food? That's one of the main things people talk to me about my wedding. They're like, oh, well, they weren't, they ran out of the tea and this and that. They had so many complaints about the caterers. Like I could barely get two seconds off my honeymoon. And then I'm hearing about the caterers. And it, Livio's then said like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. They had a lot of excuses and they're like, we'll give you guys a free meal at our restaurant. But then COVID happens. We never got our free meal. But even to this day, people tell me how annoyed they were with our caterers, which is unfortunate because it was like a $3,000 tab just for people to complain to you about it. I think the food that people actually got was good though. No one complained about the taste. Uh, it was just the other part of it. I'm mad that people are complaining. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the after party, my mother-in-law once again came through and I think she did like a local barbecue place. And that was when I ate, I went in and it was very good. And she had all like the typical fixings like mac and cheese and the baked beans and different sauces but yeah that that was um that was what we did well I have had a fun time going down memory lane with our weddings there's so much more that we would love to share about you and so maybe we'll do a part two of wedding uh wedding time so next next episode why not oh, yeah, definitely. all right next time we'll we get together you'll hear part two about our weddings and some of the fun things crazy things silly things whatever that might have happened and so look forward to that on that note i will share a quote today about marriage because i think it can really apply to any relationship that you commit to be in. And this quote is a perfect marriage is just two imperfect people who refuse to give up on each other. And I love that. Because when it comes to a relationship, and especially, well, not just relationship love, uh, we talk about like having this unconditional love. And that means there's forgiveness, there's space to let people be human and to allow them to grow. And that's certainly true in a marriage, thank God, my husband is so forgiving and so understanding of this. And we both, when we have challenges, it's really about us working together against the challenge, but not against one another. And we refuse to give up. Now we handle conflict different. He needs to think about it. I'm like rapid fire. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But what we both are committed to is resolution and, uh, living life with each other and refusing to give up on that. So just chew on that. Think about your own life. If there's a a friend or a family member that you're refusing uh, to allow that space for them to mess up, because believe it or not, we all mess up. We all will eventually let somebody down. Maybe do some prayer and reconsider. EB, what are you expounding on today? Oh, man. Um, I know sometimes when you hear certain stories, you're just like, do we have to talk about it? Do we have to dive into it? And I know we're talking about wedding stuff and we're talking about love, but some things just have to be mentioned. And part of it is very, very frustrating for me. So I'll start off with this. Friends, family, strangers, people in other countries who listen to this podcast who I don't even know or I've never met before. Keep your hands. I think we talked about it before. Keep your hands to yourself. That includes weapons that you may have that can harm other people. Usually these type of stories come from the lovely state of Florida, but this one comes from Pennsylvania. A mother, for whatever reasons or another, decided to shoot her two sons. Mm. Her two sons are now in critical condition. If I read correctly, one is expected to survive. The other one, they're unsure yet. Also tried to shoot or attempted to shoot at her 22-year-old neighbor who heard gunshots and just tried to come and I won't even say play hero, but try to come assess the situation and say something is not right next door. Um, but he was able to, which I also commend the neighbor. He, he was able to, I guess you could say bear hug her, wrap her up by the time police came and, you know, just craziness and 
he put his, I would say he put himself in the line of fire for this nine-year-old and this 13-year-old kid who from the outside looking in would just be two kids who are trying to experience life to the best of their ability. And of course, mom doesn't really have a reason of why she did it outside of police just saying she was under the influence. Now I know if you grew up in most places, you probably had classes called dare, right? You probably had your dare classes where the police came, probably had the fake dog who showed love. And you said you were going to say no to drugs. And the easy thing for me to say is say no to drugs. But it's also people who don't do drugs who do these same type of violent, crazy, wild crimes to people. And it just sucks because I'm not the one to say, hey, abandon your child or do this to that person, your spouse, your neighbor, your care, the person you're caring for, a grandparent or a parent. But like, let's just not harm people. Mm. I'm not the one that's going to say play an aid to someone who because I know the seriousness of um, suicide or suicidal ideations. But if you got it in your mind to harm somebody and then likely harm yourself, just harm yourself. Like, don't put that on nobody else. Like, why? Like, because also she tried to shoot herself in the midst of being bear hugged by the guy. And she said she wanted to kill herself and all that good stuff. But it frustrates me. So people who kill other people or who harm other people and then they harm themselves in a sense to escape what they just did. Mm. Like you can just off yourself. Now, I would recommend you not do either. I would recommend you find help. I would recommend you seek some form of guidance, counseling, therapy, whatever you need to do as your getaway or your escape. And I know it's hard because sometimes you have friends or family members who you're close to and you vent to them and you express how you're feeling. And then for them, they can't process or cope what you're sharing. And you feel like you're isolated and alone and nobody's there. And you feel that the only alternative is in the best way for you to, um, as one person described it to me, of turn on yourself when you just say, I don't even want to live anymore. Or maybe you've tried therapy and you tried counseling. You felt like it's just not the way. I would say, keep seeking. Um, find that one person. Like if the first one didn't work, try another one. If that one didn't work, try another one. And I know it sounds like cliche or you feel like a hamster in a wheel just going around and around. Well, I'm on therapist number six or number seven, or I've been to eight or nine different counselors. Just keep seeking some form of assistance. Like you are not meant to go through this world or this life alone. And you're definitely not meant to physically harm other people. Now, I know it might be a moment of self-defense where you're trying to figure it out, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a mother who decided to grab a firearm to shoot her two young boys. Like, I just don't know what will possess any person to do anything to a nine or 12 or 13 year old child. Like, you know, now if nine or 12 year old child was trying to shoot at me and they had a gun and I got a gun, then it's better you than me. But that wasn't the case. They were in their bed. They were asleep at the time. Like, and that's the other part. Like, I'm just happy that they might, hopefully they both survive. But if, I don't know, it's just crazy. Just reach out to the people who's in your circle, the person who you haven't talked to, check in on people because this world is crazy and it's wild and people will literally do anything. Um, I'm not even surprised by things anymore. Like I'm really to that point where things don't surprise me. That's all I'm really on expounding on. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Sabrina, Sharika, which I recommended for the people. Well, I'm going to recommend, we talked about weddings and we talked about um, some of the things that we plan and prepare. So I want to talk to you guys. I'm sure you might have seen the commercials or whatever, but maybe you haven't and you're looking to plan your wedding and you need some help because it's overwhelming to you. Or maybe you're like, I, how do I keep the guest list straight? How do I ha manage my budget? How do I, you know, where do I put my registry? I'm going to recommend you use the knot.com and it's K-N-O-T like a knot, like tying the knot. So I recommend you using the knot.com to help plan your wedding, helps keep all your things organized. The, you can plan your, you can put your attire, you can put your registry invitations, you can, you know, create a wedding website, all the things you can do to get yourself wedding ready, you can do on the knot.com. Awesome. I am going to recommend a little brain teaser, just something for you to do once a day. You can, there's an unlimited version, but I don't necessarily recommend that because 
the least amount of time you can spend on your screen a day is probably the better in today's society, but you've probably seen it all around. I just recently hopped on the bandwagon myself for Wordle. Wordle is this simple word game that gives uh, players six attempts to guess a five-letter word each day. And when you guess your word, if your letter's in the right place, it shows up green. If it's in the word but in the wrong place, it shows up yellow. And it's just a fun thing to do once a day, any time of day, to kind of get your brain juices going and remind you of the way our language works. Because sometimes I guess letters or words because I know the rules of the English language. Like, oh, ST is usually followed by an R, or TH is usually at the end of a word or blah, 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 something, things like that. So check out Wordle if you haven't already. So for me, something really simple. And as we was talking about weddings, if you got Netflix or if you don't got it, get somebody who got it, get their password. And it's just something <laughs> simple. The wedding coach. Um, you heard some of the ups and downs that we had for our wedding. Um, or maybe you're just like, I know a friend that's getting married and I'm tired of him or her bothering me about their wedding. You can just send them a link and say, hey, you might get some ideas from this because I don't have any for you. But the wedding coach is just literally just following people around who's getting ready to get married and guiding them through their wedding journey and or process. Also, I'll tell you that, you know, it's a quote that sometimes people say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You might want to look at certain things like that, where I already know what colors I want, or I know what venue I want, or I know this, I know that, because one day that guy or that girl, as we've seen in culture today, might pop the question and be like, well, but I want to get married like now, and I want to get married like next month, and I want to marry in three months, in six months, where it's just like, oh, snap, there's so much to do, so many things. You can watch The Wedding Coach, and you can get some ideas on how to proceed in your life of love in foreverness. I don't even know if foreverness is a word. And love, me. <laughs> yeah, foreverness. I'm rolling with it. Foreverness. And yeah, you can just make it happen. That's all I got. Y'all got anything else for the people? Stay tuned for the next part. Um, I know we'll we we'll definitely have a part two, but one another wedding advice I'm gonna give you. If you didn't get invited, don't ask. That's what my mom used to always Ooh, tell well, me. That part like, too. don't ask for, for nothing about the wedding if you did you didn't get invited. Don't it, it's none of your business. But as always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Until next time.